Backward Media presents NFTeach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Welcome to this episode where I am joined by the bad boy of Top Shot, Jason Metz. It's a description, uh, a moniker that's been provided to him by my good friend, Top Shot Tandy. But I think what you'll hear when we we have this conversation is I, I, I think I understand Jason Metz more than I did before the interview. And I think you'll learn more about him and how he thinks and what his sort of viewpoint is. Uh, um, as I admit in the interview, uh, the first time I had, I had seen him on stream with Tandy, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, we talked about this, but I really understand sort of what his perspective is as a Top Shot collector and, and what brings him to the space and what gives him a sense of enjoyment. Uh, so I think you're going to enjoy this one and see it's sort of different side of the bad boy of Top Shot, uh, Jason Metz. Without further ado, let's jump into it. Here we go. Joining me on the Pack Rib Media guest line is Jason Metz, the bad boy of Top Shot, as he is referred to by my friend Top Shot Tandy. Uh, Jason, welcome to NFT. How are you? Hey, uh, Jeremy. It's uh, it's awesome to be with you. Um, I connected with you on Twitter kind of early on in my uh, NFT journey, and I I asked the question of the community, and I think you responded and told me. If you want to better understand this, check out you know one of your videos or, or podcasts that you did, and that was I think one of the first NFT related podcasts I ever watched. And you and I haven't really connected much since then. But um, in so much as I understand things, and I probably still don't understand things as much as I should. Well, either do I. We you are you are directly to be credited for that because I, I learned a lot from from that first. Uh, listen that, that i gave to your product hey, man. so appreciate awesome that. to be here yeah, yeah. no no good to have you and are you the are you the bad boy of top shot let's start there man i don't know uh i i think um you know the more the more you pay attention to the community the more you realize that everybody complains and whines in their own little way um uh, especially the people who seem to have given me a hard time for for some of my complaints and rants I think I probably just deliver things a little bit differently than the typical NFT collector, crypto nerd, um, top shot collector. Um, I, I think I'm just more blunt and to the point than than some other people. I don't beat around the bush. So if that makes me the bad boy, then sure, I'll, I'll gladly accept the moniker. <laughs> I was laughing at, at, at Tandy's video intro where you're you're mixed with Andrew Dice Clay smoking a cigarette, which is... Uh... I kind of, I did not dislike that, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, in in a lot funny. of ways, I, I've, I've often identified with, with the Dice man. Hickory dickory dock. Uh, well, great. So, yeah, I... I think it's interesting because one of the things that I've heard you say in a couple of different interviews or streams is that you view Top Shot primarily from an investment perspective. That's what drew you into the Top Shot space was that yeah. you saw this as an opportunity to be involved with basketball, but much more over to get a return on your investment from an yeah. investment perspective. So yeah. then I guess like my question before we dive into that a little more deeply is like, well, the NFT space is ripe for investment yeah. opportunities. Why aren't you more interested or, or maybe you are and you just haven't gotten into it yet in sort of the other NFT projects yeah. that have done these like 50 X's since uh, February? Um, yeah, I, I, it's a really good question. Uh, and I, 
I grapple with it all the time, just like I am interested in crypto. My problem is I was never able to wrap my head around any of it. None of it makes sense to me. Um, and, and I've tried to uh, accumulate and dive into as much research and information as possible. Um, but it all just feels like one big Ponzi scheme to me. And I'm not saying that Top Shot feels differently to me. It's just by pasting pictures, or I guess in this case, video of basketball on top of this Ponzi hierarchy. It just makes sense in my brain. I wish the frogs and the toads and the apes and and the other stuff made sense to me. I wish I wish Bitcoin and Ethereum made sense to me because I'm watching and I'm seeing what's happening. Um, and yes, to your point, the only reason I ever got involved in Top Shot was because I was reading, um, you know, the the press that they were pushing out in February about these ridiculous games. $250,000 moments, right? Yeah. And that that's, I, I haven't collected anything since I was a kid. So maybe we should start there. I don't yeah. understand the dynamics of collecting. Um, and as a kid, I collected mostly for the passion of, of collecting. Um, so I, I never really um, returned to that as an adult. And, and obviously I've been watching for years. I'm, I'm, I'm a business guy. I'm in tune with what's happening in culture. I understand Kind of the dynamics at play with with community, which I think is a big part of the rise of crypto and certainly the underbelly of what's happening in the NFT space. But the 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 rationale for why people are investing makes total sense to me. The things they're investing in never made any sense to me. And yeah, I'm desperate to uh, to diversify my investment. I want to. Um, I, I just can't you know see myself buying a picture of a clown. Um, and, and taking pride in it. it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it, it's weird. The NBA backing a, a product like this in the space makes it feel safer for sure to me. I mean, I've always said that like, I never worry about, and, and you got to understand that from an investment perspective is anyone who knows who listens to me, I don't mint over 0.02. I'm very risk averse. I'm yeah. just not, I'm a team collector in terms of my top shot, you know, interest. If I am lucky, I have a good collector score. So if I get a good pack, yeah, I would probably look at holding on to some of those uh, legendary moments if I was lucky. What is, so to get... not, not to cut you off, what does it feel like to actually get a good pack? Because um, I've, I've only I've, so I've only gotten two rare packs. I've gotten the uh, throwdowns, which I like that set. I have a lot. I've bought a lot of those since just because I, I purely like the moment, and I feel like for forty bucks, a rare moment is probably a pretty good pretty good pickup i can probably yeah. think that there's going to be some value there long term and the other one was the in there then there were four um what the rest of the world and, and you know i appreciate you coming on at this time because what the rest of the world doesn't seem to get is that when you live in asia no one mm. ever wants to meet at a time that's relatively convenient for you and if they right. do they'll you know they don't seem to get that like it really sucks to wake up at 3 30 in the morning to do you something. think it has anything to do with the fact that people blame Asia for the pandemic? Maybe, maybe no, that's this is all rooted in their own uh, perception of COVID-19. It's possible. I, I don't know if it's plausible, but it's certainly possible. But I mean, I think for me, like I miss, like I can give you a perfect example. WNBA Rare Pack came. I It started, Priority queue started, I think, 10 p.m. here. I was yeah. up for it. Uh, I, I got in, I missed in the, in the first queue, second yeah. queue, I said it and I was going to get one, but the issue was I fell asleep and then I woke up and then it said, Hey, you could get this pack. But then yeah. I had, I missed the 20 minutes and, and yeah. it was gone. So never gotten a legendary pack. 
uh, only gotten rares. And yeah. it's a pretty, you know what though? Like, I don't know how you feel about this. N- not getting a pack pisses me off more than getting a pack makes me excited. And that is a fundamental problem 100%. that I've, well, I've had. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's how it always is. Um, as, as a hoops fan, you know, when my team loses, it makes me more upset than when my team wins or on the, on the flip side, when the Knicks win, uh, it makes me more upset than when my team wins. Cause I hate the Knicks so much. I hate the Knicks um, too. We can bond on that for sure. Well, you're from Chicago, right? Yes. So you have yeah. to hate the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, I grew yeah. up in Jersey and I was a Nets fan, but the, the Nets were fucking terrible. Can I say fucking? You can. Um, yeah, the Nets were fucking terrible when I was a kid. So, you know, I had to root for somebody. And I, I was a huge Scottie Pippen fan. So, loved the Bulls and, you know, loved the Nets. So, of course, always hated the Knicks. Um, but rooted against the Knicks more than I rooted for my teams. So, yes, you know, uh, the, the corollary is there. Um, I've never gotten a rare pack. I've never gotten a legendary pack. And I don't have the excuse of I'm in Asia and I fell asleep. I just never get them. I always seem to qualify. Um, but I never get the packs so much so that um, you, on, on a few occasions, I've Do you I've think asked, your distinction is the <laughs> the bad boy yeah, of Top yeah. Shot has made you banned from right. receiving rare or better packs? I was going back and forth on Twitter with, with Rome not too long ago. And I said, dude, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but is it possible that I'm on a blacklist? And is it possible that you don't even know that this blacklist exists? Um, and he said, I'll get back to you. Uh, and he hasn't actually, you know, he told me after that, I, I assure you, you're not on a blacklist, but I don't think he ever actually checked. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I mean, I've given them a lot of shit. I've, I've complained a lot, not so much recently because I don't know, I lost the energy, but there was a time that I was very active on, on Twitter. Um, you know, just, you know, not, not complaining for the sake of complaining, but I, I see them as having the golden goose. I, I see them as having all the tailwinds, you know, th- this is they, the thing that they have and, you know, credit to them, they've built it, but the thing that they have should be the most ridiculously successful thing, you know, in the space. And I saw them making what I thought to be so many wrong decisions and wrong moves. And, and I was like, how, how is nobody calling them out on this? You, know, you, you can't just allow bad decision after bad decision. If you're passionate and invested in something, not just financially invested, but emotionally invested. Yeah. You know, it's weird though, because you, you bring that up and I think that's a good place to stay for a second because I was happy when the market dipped because I'm bullish on it long-term and I finished the whole seeing seeing star set at like a 10th of what it cost in February. I stacked my entire team's moments, both S1 and S2. So, you know, for me, because I just believe in the product not being able to lose, yeah, I saw the market crash as like, yes, they're making mistakes. And to be honest, for me at that point, I was like, thank you, because now I can get this LeBron seeing stars for $289, which is absurd. Yeah. And yeah. now that moment is at 800 some dollars. So I just never I never doubted that it would it would start to go back up. I mean, I, yeah. I felt that the bubble would burst, but I always viewed Top Shot not as a as a quick i'm gonna yeah. make half a mil in a minute thing i always viewed it because of my own risk tolerance and i'm not going to drop you know five thousand dollars on a legendary moment unless yeah. i was already liquid from a legendary pack that would be the only way i would play like that just because for me it would lose its fun if i was stressed out about it like i, I just couldn't enjoy yeah. it yeah and it, it does take it from me uh, and i never thought i would be a person that would put a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars into this platform or any other platform hope my wife's not listening um 
But yeah, you can try I to blacklist her from the podcast as you've been blacklisted from Top Shot. Let me talk hey. to Roham and see if we can get this arranged for you. Yeah, no, it's definitely possible. I'm living proof of it. Um, yeah, I, I definitely got sucked in. Um, when did you get uh, in, End of February. involved in the first place? Yeah, so we got involved in the same time. Um, and I wasn't too heavily invested up front. I mean, I, I was much more gradual end of February, March, April. Um, and then I just saw things tanking. And because I have no experience in any sort of collecting in my life, um, I didn't. I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't quite understand it. I just saw them consistently flooding the market with new stuff and new stuff. And just as a matter of supply and demand, you know, anytime scarcity leaves the picture, things go down yeah. in value. And I think that the the massive week to week pack pre registration thing was yeah. a mistake. Um, I don't know yeah. why they did that, and I I think it was a gaff. I don't think it was the right thing to yeah. do. Uh, yeah. But I think that a lot of this is you viewed it as an investment and you yeah. you looked at that February bubble as what it was going to be. And I think for me, I yeah. looked at it like, uh, uh, like almost like, uh, I don't know, like a CD. I looked at it like I'm going to hold on to this for 30 years. And then yeah. at 30 years, I'll hand it to my kids or I'll cash out yeah. and it'll be worth something. And so I guess for me, I just, I saw the market tank and I saw it as an opportunity. That's like, awesome. I just I saw it as people panicking and wanting to get whatever they could out of it. And I was just yeah. like, thank you. Um, yeah. And, I'm and I not, did a little of that. I, yeah. I did a little of that, but not nearly as much as I wish I had. And I was still super cautious. I'm I'm way too cautious for my own good in, in, in a lot of ways. And I hate that about myself. Um, I'm but the same I guess way the because side, it, 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 it loses helps. its fun. If you're like anxious yeah. about it all the time, then it's not yeah. a hobby and relaxing or whatever you want to call it. It's like right, it's, but that that's an interesting point because I didn't get into it looking for a hobby, and I think that's that's the weird part of it because I think everybody who got in, you know, super early, they also didn't see it as this massive investment opportunity. They just loved crypto, they loved NFTs. You know, a like a natural marriage of things that they right. Liked, right? They, they did the, the the crypto kitty thing. They were a community. They were doing it together. You know, there was like just a handful of them, and they were buying and trading, and and it was a very community oriented thing. I was not looking for a hobby. Um, I was not looking to to get into like a fun thing. Like I have my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wasn't looking you know, the first time I heard you say that on Tandy, I thought you came off like a dick. Like, yeah, I, I, but I get what you're saying more now, the way yeah. you've unpacked it here. Like, y y like, yes, you, it was never about community for you. Right. And there's no problem. And it's not that I'm against community. Yeah. Like, and it's I'm no a big problem believer for the people that are, right? But that just C isn't Community is your... essential. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just. And, and I have just... community. Yes. Right? Like I, I have my community. What I've learned, and I did not know this February, March, April, May. Like it took, I'm a slow learner in a lot of ways. It took me a while to understand this. For a lot of people, crypto, NFT, like this is their community. And like, I got no problem with that. Like you have to find your your cohort somehow, some way over the course of life. Um, but I guess I'm just not as in tune with kind of the younger generation. And I think predominantly this is people who are younger than, than you and me. Um, not that we're old, but how you know, old are you, Jay, Jason? Uh, should I you? tell you? Yeah, you should uh, drop some alpha. From, fuck man. They're, they're, uh, they're making fun of me in one of the discords, like who's the oldest one in here. Um, and, and one of the guys said that I exhibit a lot of boomer energy. Um, <laughs> I thought that was funny, but I fought back because I always fight back because that's just my DNA. Um, yep. But deep down, I thought it was funny. 
Um, I just turned 41. All right. I'm 39. So yeah, we are the elder statesmen of... We are. Yeah. And like, I, I, uh, you know, I used to hang out with younger people before I met my wife and then my my now wife, and she cut that down for obvious reasons. Um, So I guess I'm just not as in tune with, with kind of what younger people gravitate towards. Like, the, the avatar thing or the, the profile picture thing. Um, it took me a while to grasp that, that that's just like ro- wearing a Rolex or, or driving a Porsche. And like, I get it. Like it makes total sense to me, but I don't, I don't identify with it. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it, and I it can't would be live like my a, life in the mud first. A, a non-basketball fan getting into top shot, right? Like someone who doesn't even enjoy the sport of basketball, it would be, maybe they would do it for the investment, but there wouldn't be any existential or sort of supplemental joy that would come from that. And I, I would say that like, you know, I, I hit a couple flips on projects and that made me liquid enough to buy a couple more and I'm holding stuff that I like that if it went to zero, I I would not be happy about. I think anyone says they'd be happy if it went to zero is crazy, but it's at least artists that I can support and feel good about supporting. It makes me feel good to support it and be a part of um, purchasing their work. Right. And for me, that's always been the power of NFTs. It's been about redistributing the sort of creator economy to uh, countries across the world that previously yeah. didn't have access to be a part of the creator economy. And I think that's inherently yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, totally. But, I mean, I entered this space from an educational perspective purely. I'm an yeah. academic, you know, yeah. and that was why I got interested in it. I thought it was really compelling. And I thought, I think Web3 is really compelling. Um, but I never imagined that I would make a million dollars off of NFTs it was never so. It was definitely not an investment for me when I yeah. came in. I you kind of the, was like, uh, "Oh, if I hit a, a, a number one Steph Curry rare, yeah. that'd be great," you know. But it was never like uh, I couldn't imagine ever buying one on the marketplace. Yeah, the um, the irony for me is, you know, I've worked in marketing for the last twenty years, and I have a lot of experience in the influencer marketing space which essentially kind of gave way to the creator economy. I I ran one of the first influencer marketing agencies in the U S a company called brand influencers for six years. And, you know, my, my mission in life during that six year period was essentially to get creators paid for what they did and and allow them to partner with brands. Um, So despite that being my background, it's still taken me way longer than it should have, you know, even um, through today and, and through tomorrow to fully grasp and and embrace what's happening in the NFT space beyond Top Shot. And the reason that I'm so invested in Top Shot, you know, to your point, is is the existential piece. It is like I I love basketball and I I, I look at these moments and I actually do get joy out of them. And I, I have been, you know, collecting my favorite players. Like I have a disproportionate investment in Trey Young and, and Devin Booker and and Damian Lillard and guys that I love watching play. Now, I'm not like you. If they went to zero, I would not be thrilled, um, nor would I be able to accept it. But I guess, you know, it, it does, um, it does you know, extend my risk tolerance a little bit more. And I guess uh, I'm, I'm a little bit less concerned about the financial piece because I, I love those, those dudes. Like, I love watching them play. Um, where are you in terms of uh, running back? Like, what's the official... Jason Metz stance on run it back with this archive series and opening it up and yeah. potentially having common run it backs. What, what do you, what's the official bad boy of top shot <laughs> stance on this matter? 
So I think part of being a basketball fan, I guess a sports fan in general, is a massive appreciation for nostalgia. Uh, So, you know, when I first stumbled upon the Run It Back set, you know, and I got involved late February, early March, that's the set that I fell in love most with. And I actually invested a decent amount in moments from that set because I love the memories that come along with being uh, a basketball fan. Because I don't remember what happened yesterday or last week or last month or during this past finals, but like there are memories etched in my brain that will never go away from the past. So I thought it was brilliant, you know, that they had that as kind of this aspirational set. And when they first announced that, you know, this coming season, um, you know, they were going to combine, you know, the, the scarcity of a rare set with the ubiquity uh, and accessibility of a common set. I was like, this is probably going to be one of those things that I've now come to expect top shot to, um, to change their mind on and, and not actually follow through with because there's going to be enough complaining from the community and they're going to realize that was an awful idea and they're going to pivot back from it. And then I think at some point it became clear that perhaps the real reason they're doing it is these bottlenecks, you know, which uh, is obviously I'm a, a victim big... of right now. Jimmy Butler yeah. back is killing me because I, that was the one moment when the market tanked. I didn't get, it got as low as like $712. And now yeah. I want to say it's around $2,500, $2,800. Which, you know, depending upon how you look at it, is either wildly overpriced if they come out with a common moment or um, if, if, if somehow they can um, delineate, you know, why the rare one should be perceived as much more valuable than the common one, that's a challenge they're going to have to face. So, you know, part of me, I totally get it. Because this is the NBA, and the NBA has no interest in 150 or 1,500 people being, you know, super invested in in this grand experiment. They want millions of people, um, and and you know the team set thing, you know, for somebody like me who I think I'm very logical in how how I would collect if I were a collector. That's also what I've gone after. Like I have seven or eight complete team sets because I don't know, like. There, there's a math component to it. And like, I'm a very left brain person. So like, I, I can see that I've achieved this thing. And then, you know, they have this whole collector score thing. So there's actually um, a, a financial incentive to having complete team sets. So I get why they want to make it more accessible for people to get team sets and to collect, you know, the teams that they love. So I have no problem with that. I think it, it's all a matter of how they execute on it, right? Like they need to go out of their way to reward people who are collecting the rare stuff for more than just being able to complete team sets. And they have all the machinations at their disposal, right? Like the showcases and the challenges and stuff, you know, it's about rewarding people for, um, for accumulating uh, the things that they told us were scarce and therefore more valuable and now have sort of changed course and said, well, for most of the reasons that we told you this particular thing was super valuable, they're no longer valuable for that reason. We told you, we kind of alluded to the fact that it's in your best interest to collect what you love. And a big part of that is collecting your favorite team. But now we're telling you that that premium that you paid to collect your favorite team, um, you, you didn't need to do that because now we're basically going to give you that same thing for a tiny fraction of the price. So, you know, if they know what's good for them, I think that they will continue to make it worth people's while to, uh, to collect the thing that's no longer necessary, you know, for the yeah. for the reason that they originally said it was necessary. Um, Air dropping people a nineteen dollar pack, 
isn't going to do it. I mean, to me, that kind of reeks of desperation. You know, they led with, hey, guess what? If you have these run of backs, we're going to airdrop you one of these uh, new archive packs. And then when you unpeel a little bit, you're like, oh, shit, they're trying to make up for the fact that they're tanking the value of the thing that I spent a lot of money on. And um, how are you so. feeling about the Kev? I know I heard your pack rip episode with pack yeah. reviewing around the the KD running back. How are you feeling about yeah. that now in lieu of all this news? Um, what, any anything ruminating about that trade in particular for you now? Um, maybe I'm lying to myself, <laughs> but I, I want to think that that one is a little bit different. Um, you know, that one has the the debut badge. It is. Durant's one and only um, series one moment. Um, it, it's super rare. You know, the scarcity is there. So I think and hope um, that that one stands the test of time and doesn't get impacted by this archive set. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, there is a, a fairly tight-knit community. Um, I'm part of the Discord. Um, you know, there's there's conversation about how this community can can band together and kind of ensure the value of this singular moment moving forward and, and do some other cool stuff together. So I'm, I don't think I'm that worried about that particular moment, but um, I yeah, saw like someone my, talking about a DAO for this tonight. Yeah. I saw, I saw it in, yeah. and, uh, and that's, that's a really interesting use case yeah. uh, for fractionalizing and looking yeah. at how to, you know, keep the market strong for this. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, value is, is, is all about perception, right? In anything, um, the market makes the value of anything. And if the market dictates that we're not going to sell this thing for a, a lower cost than we think it's worth, then future buyers have the choice to either not invest in it or pay what the market deems it to be worth. Um, and I think, you know, that's the case with any product, any, any good, any service, it, it's how the market values it. And, and a big part of how things are valued is scarcity. So if you have um, an asset, in this case, a Kevin Durant run it back moment, um, and the vast majority of holders, you know, are not going to sell it because they want to believe in the inherent value of it. And that reduces the scarcity. And then if you can create you know, added demand for the lower scarcity that exists. And if other people want to buy it, either to be part of the club, which obviously is a big rationale for people getting into any NFT, right? They Absolutely. want to be part of that community and what that gives to them, then then you can you can affect that. And I think it that that's part of what actually appeals to me about the power of community in any space, uh, and, and certainly this space, is if you want something to be more valuable, you as a community can band together and essentially ensure the value of that thing. And then other people who want to get in either because they agree on the value of the asset or, and, or they want to be part of that club, then they're going to have to pay more for it, regardless of what other things are being sold for. And I think this moment can be a singular moment um, in that regard. And, you know, I've told the group that I'm, I'm happy to, you know, play any role in ensuring that happens, uh, partly because I've invested in it. I've invested heavily in it. Yeah. Um, but also partly because I, I believe in the dynamics at play. I believe in in the power of collective. Um, that's part of the reason that I became whatever bad boy of top shot that people want to say. It's because I was talking to lots and lots of people behind the scenes on Twitter. And, you know, people are like, damn, why are they doing this? I wish they understood this. They're not listening to us here. And I'm like, shit, if no one else is going to say something, but we're all kind of agreeing on it. I'll fucking be the one. I'll get out there. I'll say shit. I'll say it the way I say it, knowing that it's going to draw attention. It's going to put, you know, eyeballs on me. It's going to, 
um, put me in people's crosshairs. That's fine. I don't mind being the bad guy. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Jeb Bush, whatever the fuck that kid's real name is. Um, he, he put together a, a cute uh, thing in, in one of the discords where he put me on the uh, cross uh, as Jesus um, uh, to the effect of, you know, um, I'm a martyr because I'm, I'm, I'm accepting, uh, you know, the, the responsibility for uh, advocating on behalf of at least a portion of the community that I, I think, or at least I thought, I'm sure I still think wasn't necessarily being listened to or heard or brave enough to get out there and, and speak their mind in the first place. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the KD run it back is, is safe. I think that one will kind of go down in history as, you know, one of the, the pinnacle pieces of, of the entire platform. Um, and, and, you know, look like, like everything else, like I said, you know, it's all about the execution. I, I don't think they're dumb enough to punish their most hardcore collectors who are disproportionately over leveraged in series one run it back moments. Like that would just be stupid. Um, and I, they've made many stupid moves. Don't get me wrong, but typically, they they figure out a way to walk shit back and make shit right. Um, and and I think they will do the same thing here. Well, that's a great one to end us on, uh, Jason. Yep. Thanks for joining. I, I feel like I'm going to rebrand you as the blunt instrument of Top Shot more than the bad boy. Uh, you know, I I think that uh, I've been a part of K twelve education for my whole career. This is now as I, as I leave for one from the K-12 space to move into the NFT space full time, like uh, one of the things that I've seen is this sort of toxic positivity and this yeah. sort of, it, it is actually in, in a lot of minds worse than cancel culture, it's kindness culture. And basically the premise in, in the, in edgy Twitter was that if you said anything that wasn't rainbows and puppy dogs that you were, mean and a lot of it was just yeah. trying to have discourse with people and engage with them and so i think group group think is is one of the worst attributes of our society uh, i think it's great to live in a free a free country or at least in, in my case i live in a free country i'm not sure you know about where you live but that's that's another story for for another episode um but i think you know one of the um horrible ramifications of living in a free country is, is this group think thing that happens for some reason um, and it's terrible and, and it, it, it prevents progress. Um, and, you know, uh, working in marketing and business all these years, oftentimes, even if I know that we have the right solution in place, if everybody thinks it's the right solution and nobody picks holes at it, I'll pick holes at it. Even if I agree with it, I'd rather, uh, you know, be wrong and, um, and have a positive discourse than, than just be right and, and not know what the alternative is. So, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be that dude. I'm always gonna be that dude. I think it's it's necessary. And if I if I ruffle feathers or make people upset, like fuck. I it. mean, when when it wasn't your as you've said many times, uh, and I think I have a different understanding of it now than when you first said it, which is like it was you and Rock Doggy, and you were sort of like basically saying like it's cool you came here for community, but like that's not what I'm here for. And again, when I heard it the first time, I was like, man, what's wrong with this guy? Like, what's what's his that's like, awesome I like you know that. what that what's <laughs> what's his problem like but i think like again your delivery right what i understand it to mean is that your primary you have a clear sort of mission one for why you're in this space right and if it's not fitting with mission one 
your mission one doesn't have to be the same as everyone else's, but if it's not aligned with why you're here, then it's not of particular interest to you, which- But you know what? And, and not to cut you off, it's not only the financial piece. Selfishly, beyond the financial ramifications, like I think I found something for the first time as an adult that I want to collect, right? And I don't want them to burn their own shit down. Yeah, I don't, don't want, want them to, to make it right. Because if it sucks- then I, You'll never then I have to leave yeah. or, or yeah. I can't do this. And like, yeah. I found this thing that like combines my passions of basketball and investing and like, and it's utopia, but then they're doing things that kind of makes it not utopia anymore. And like, you got two options or you got three options. Either you accept it like a bitch, you run away like a bitch, um, or you try to do something about it. And that's what I decided to do. And that's what I'm always going to do because I'm not a bitch. Well, there you go. Words of wisdom from Jason Metz. Thanks for joining, Jason. Uh, Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeremy. Take care, buddy. I want to thank my guest, Jason Metz, for joining me. You can follow him at JMKTG on Twitter. And I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting NFTeach as we've eclipsed the 40,000 download mark. It blows my mind. We've only been doing this for a couple months and your support is amazing. We can almost fill Soldier Field with all of you in your downloads. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We're going to be bringing you more episodes with NFT Newbie coming this week. Bushido's one of you and uh, a special uh, episode of which I can't announce yet. But if you're a Hoops fan, you're really going to enjoy what I'm bringing you next week. I have a very special guest joining me. So without further ado, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off saying take care of yourselves and each other. Good night, everybody. Take care.